Hello and welcome to another episode of the Business Samurai Podcast, the podcast about business and pop culture, and also the podcast, the companion podcast to the Business Samurai webcomic. My name is Ramon Cuenca CFA. I'm the creator of Business Samurai, and I am stuck in quarantine. Yep. Uh, so I just started Manila a few days ago. Um, I had been in the, in the, the U.S. in New York for about um, about two and a half months, close to that, and. Um, um yeah the the government here you can't uh even if you're vaccinated which i am you gotta if you're coming from abroad you gotta stay in a hotel for 10 days and then uh stay in your house another four days and you can't even leave the room the hotel room so it's pretty nuts but well uh at least uh at least at the time now to do some work and also get in get back in touch with everyone um thank you so much for waiting and being being patient uh uh, as uh, some of you may know, I, I had not been able to release a, uh, an episode of this podcast the uh, past week because I was traveling. And, you know, at least uh, talking to uh, you guys and girls, it's always good. To, um, maybe it'll be good for, it'll help me keep my sanity in these, uh, the next couple of days that I'm stuck here and not being able to leave this room, which is, it's already kind of wearing on me a bit, but I think I'll get through it. So... Yeah, um, yeah, so today I want to talk about, uh, Japan, again, because a lot of people, a lot of you guys like it, um, the last episode I did on, uh, Japanese, uh, innovation, it's pretty popular, uh, so I'm gonna do another one, uh, also because it's, uh, it's sort of related to recent events that, that have been happening, in my life, mainly uh, my travel back to the Philippines. So uh, I want to talk about um, business culture, the U.S. versus Japan. Uh, and uh, it's tied to, uh, it, as, sorry, excuse me, the, the, um, the difference between these two business cultures as uh, exemplified in, it, in uh, both of their pop culture offerings. So uh it's kind of funny because what happened was uh during my trip back to uh the philippines to manila i was able to watch a bunch of uh movies and tv shows and on a on domestic leg so i the, the 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 trip was um new york to la la to tokyo tokyo to manila so the domestic leg was was on united so i watched uh some us content and i specifically watched silicon valley Whereas um, on the uh, international, two, two international legs of the, of the flight, I was taking ANA, so All Nippon Airways, which I talked about in my previous podcast. Uh, about a month ago, back in May, I think it was uh, the, the, the Samurai Chain Society or something like that. So yeah, uh, that's what I, t- I had taken and I had watched a bunch of Japanese movies again on the way back. Similar to when I was on the way to New York, I was watched a bunch of Japanese movies. I, I will just say about this, uh, ANA does seem to have a good selection of Japanese, recent Japanese movies. So uh, I, I, I was pretty entertained. They're all pretty well done. I watched three of them. Uh, one was called You're Not Normal Either. And it's about uh, this, this high school girl, and the, this her cram school teacher. She's trying to help him. Uh, get married, so it's sort of a romantic comedy uh, in that sense. The second movie I watched was uh, Not Quite Dead Yet. And again, it's about another high school, Japanese high school girl. And <laughs> uh, her father, who's CEO of a pharmaceutical company, you know, is temporarily dead, to make a long story short. 
and she has to stop his business rivals from cremating him. So that was pretty good. I mean, um, between these two movies, You're Not Normal is, you know, it's pretty, uh, it, you know, it's a romantic comedy, but it's very indie. I, I think it was a pretty, it might have been a low-budget film, but it was, it was pretty good. It was pretty funny. It's very in- intellectual, I'd, I'd say. Uh, not quite dead yet. It's more of like a family movie, um, or at least something for like a parents and their teenage children. And <coughs> what I did like about it was that, like, you know, as uh, I- I've learned uh, doing my own webcomic, is that writing a good or, or at least engaging plot it requires a lot of structure. Like you have like you know setup and payoff, misdirection, uh, uh, foreshadowing, and. Uh, structurally, this movie was really good. Like everything is set up, like paid off at the end. So that was really it was very well. It was very tight in that sense. Uh, so the lo- the the third movie I watched was a movie called Kiba: Fangs of Fiction. This is the one I want to spend most of the most of this podcast talking about because it's about business, specifically about the publishing business in Japan. And I want to contrast it with Silicon Valley, which I watched on my on the U.S. flight. So it's funny because these are both movies about business, but you sort of have a U.S. So, sorry, Silicon Valley is not a movie; it's just a TV show, but uh, on HBO. But, uh, anyways, you sort of have um, two different perspectives on business: uh, U.S. versus Japan. So it's a good way to talk about it through the through uh, through discussing these two pieces of pop culture. Uh, so, uh, spoilers for both. So if you don't want to watch either, of the, excuse me, excuse me if, if you're planning to watch either of these, I mean, Silicon Valley has been out for a while; it's, it finished a few years ago. Um, so I'm sure many of you know about it, um, but for those of you who don't know, if you're the, all the non-U.S. listeners, it's it's a, it's a it was a TV series about a, a startup in Silicon Valley, a tech startup, and then, uh, but as far as Kiba, the fangs of fiction, there's not actually much. I mean, I don't know how you would get a, get a a, a, a U.S. an English subtitled copy of that that movie i mean outside of watching it on on an airplane like it's really hard to find i mean which is unfortunate because it's really really well done it's really witty witty and it just goes to show like there's so much good content out there in the world it's just not it's always a distribution thing that i've learned by the way by the way is that uh when you create content it's not just a i mean creating really good content is just the first part the second part is the distribution which is always a hassle it's really hard so there's that uh, but yeah, I mean, you can't even find a trailer online on YouTube, an English trailer, unless you, uh, I mean, it's funny because if you go to YouTube, the OST of Kiba is there, but not the trailer or English language trailer, probably because it wasn't released in English speaking countries, unfortunately, because again, it was very, very good. Uh, okay. So without any further ado, let's go into it. So spoilers ahead. So the first I wanna, thing I want to talk about is Silicon Valley. So again, as I mentioned, it was a TV, a TV series on the, on a network called HBO. Uh, it's, you know, it's, it's more or less a comedy. It's like a sitcom that it's, it's got a pretty adult sense of humor. Uh, it's, one of the showrunners is a really famous, uh, guy named Mike Judge. He did, uh, two animated features, actually, uh, two animated shows, uh, around in the nineties, Beavis and Butthead, which I grew up watching and, uh, also King of the Hill. He also did some really cult movies like, uh, like, um, Office Space is a very famous one. Uh, let's see what else. I'm, I'm blanking here. Uh, I think he did Idiocracy. I'm not sure. I haven't seen that one. But I, re- I mean, obviously, Office Space is a really famous one. And I, I apologize if, I, if I'm forgetting any. Uh, so he's a really famous like a uh, 
uh, uh, screenwriter, or producer, or director, or whatever. Um, so, um, let's see. The episodes I watched on Silicon Valley <coughs> were the early episodes, probably in the first season. It's about uh, the, the startup Pied Piper, the its founder. I think his name is Richard Hendricks. You know, the the, the, stitch, the setup is that he's living in an incubator with a bunch of other uh, uh, programmers and stuff and tech founders, entrepreneurs. An incubator being, in this case, like a, like a house set up by a, um, a successful uh, tech founder played by a... I'm, re I'm forgetting his name, but it's kind of big, kind of little chubby guy. He was, he was in Deadpool, uh, both Deadpool movies, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but... Yeah, he plays uh, sort of this tech founder, and then uh, Richard Hendricks lives in uh, this tech uh, in this uh, in his incubator, and his startup Pied Piper originally starts as like a, some kind of like music copyright uh, thing. It wasn't really working out, but it but what he learned was that the technology that he created uh, uh, ended up producing um, files that were more compressed, so they could easily be downloaded. So that's a big thing, and then. These few episodes on Silicon Valley were about him, sort of starting his company with Pied Piper. Now that the now that he found out that the technology behind it is is potentially very useful. So that's that. I won't talk about this too much because I'm sure most of you know about about Silicon Valley. But that's that's the basic gist of the of the show and of the episodes that, that I watched on uh, on the plane. And again, uh, similar to what I was talking about in the previous podcast, uh, the the whole thing about sort of American innovation or U.S. innovation is making things easier, um, make, making things more convenient, uh, innovation by subtraction, right? So this is another example of that, like uh, shorter download times. It's, a, it's certainly significant in innovation. Okay, so I want to contrast this with Kiba, the, the fangs of fiction. So uh, again, it, it's... It's very clever, very witty. It, it might be actually better written than Silicon Valley, which I also like. But the, those episodes that I watched, uh, I mean, comparing these two, the move this movie might have actually been better written. Uh, so this Kiba is about uh, this. It's it's about uh, family business struggles. So the the uh, this it's, it's this uh, major publishing house in Japan called Kunpu, and like the the old founders of. of old guy and he passes away from uh, old age basically and there's a power struggle within this huge corporation so it's again uh, just from the setup you can see this this is very different from silicon valley so like on one hand you have like the u.s like you know sort of business culture where you know you go stick it on your own you very entrepreneurial you live in an incubator you know trying to make it big and uh, providing things that make life convenient for people whereas here kumpu is about a preserving a family business and again, I'm just generalizing here. Obviously, there are you know family businesses in the U.S. and there are you know sort of individualistic entrepreneurs in, the, in Japan as well. I'm just generalizing, as I as I talked about last episode. Um, let's see. So, what's interesting is that uh, the the most of the movie is about these salary men or salary women like trying to position reposition kunpu and. and I mean, it's more than that, but they, the basic gist is that they're repositioning it so that it survives in this digital age. They talk about how, like, no one's obviously, no one's really reading print media anymore, even in Japan. And 
companies like Amazon are disrupting it. It's funny that they just mentioned Amazon and not the two elephants in the room, which are Facebook and, and uh, sorry, excuse me, Facebook and Google, yeah, which uh, have really decimated traditional print media. So uh, what's interesting is that, uh, um, let's see. What's interesting is that uh, one early on in the movie, um, the con they, they they put up a good point, which is something I've been talking about throughout this podcast. Is uh, one of the executives says, you know, there's good content in the well, the stuff Kung Fu publishes, but it's a distribution is just outdated. You know, print media is just a dying media overall. It's very tricking, very tricking media. It's not the major media uh, form of media or, or distribution anymore. Uh, so they're trying to find ways to do that, and the the movie focuses on a. Uh, two main characters, Hayami, who's like a middle-aged salary man, and, and Takana, which is like 20-something uh, uh, woman, so she's younger. She's sort of a, a, an apprentice type or junior executive type person. And it's not really like a... I mean, it's, I wouldn't say it's a... It's not, a, it's not really a comedy in the sense that... I mean, there's a lot of funny parts. I mean, it's very witty, but it, it's not the comedy in the sense that it's not really like what lighthearted whimsical. There's a lot of drama and like... A, I don't know what the genre is, but it's not like heavy either. It's not like a really when you th- when I think of drama, drama, I think of like really heavy stuff, but it's not really heavy in that sense. But there's a lot of twists and political uh, business intrigue and stuff like that. But I'm not sure uh, what you would call a genre like that. Dramedy? No, I'm not sure. It doesn't this doesn't sound right. Oh, excuse me. Again, it was really witty. Um. So. <clears throat> So they, they start, uh, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of twists and turns of this movie, and I don't want to go through all of it, but uh, basically they come up with uh, different ideas to keep uh, one of Kun Pu's uh, magazines, uh, which is it's like a, uh, um, a, uh, a, a culture magazine called Trinity. They're trying, these two, uh, Hayami and Takano, are trying to keep this uh, magazine going. Uh, they're also, res- I mean, aside from the pressure of sort of, uh, you know, upheaval of the industry as a whole, they're also had a, they're also fighting another, another branch of the of the conglomerate, which is uh, more traditional. I think it's called the Kunpu Review, which is uh, more of a literary magazine, and um, there's sort of an um, internal war, power struggle between all these, between these these different departments and like even different, you know, executives and stuff like that. So. But I, I mean, it's very interesting because like the uh, the way that the, the way this is done, like there's a lot of uh, it's very clever the way this is done. And I know this, I'm speaking in very general terms, but uh, you just have to watch the movie. I couldn't do it justice if I talked about it here in too much detail. Um, but th- there are a few things that they did which actually work because like the, there is innovation uh, in this movie. Like they actually the writers. Of the movie, think about, and again, it's actually based on a novel that was printed in a magazine. Uh, funny enough, but they actually think about ways to, you know, uh, to keep uh, the ways a media, uh, print media conglomerate could sort of reposition itself in the in the twenty first century, which is really interesting because it's like again, it's not, it's not always about, it's not innovation by subtraction. It's innovation for like creating, you know, a good high quality product. Um, again, which I talked about last time. So, uh, one example is that uh, they they think uh, for the, the Trinity magazine, Hayami thinks about 
uh, offering something new and exciting which you can't see anywhere else. So instead of having instead of having just like the plain old you know regular staff write, they get in like a lot of people who are popular like online to actually write for the magazine. Um, and then they sort of have a social media campaign, but so they're they're doing these things, innovative things to keep the, just to keep it relevant, just to keep Trinity Culture Magazine relevant. Um, <clears throat> again, uh, uh, at the end though, and then again, I'm, I'm gonna have spoilers here, but basically there there are a lot of twists and turns. But there's sort of a triple cross. It turns out Hayami was working for one guy, then he think, or he's working for one executive in his power struggle, and then he turns to working for another one, then another one. So like. Um, but uh, they end up uh, with a situ. They end up in the a situation where um, where Amazon get gets into the picture, and they do the 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 Kunpu, the the media conglomerate does it sort of an agreement uh, with Amazon, where Amazon gets exclusive sales rights to things that they print. But they'll use Amazon's data to co-develop new content for the for the publishing company for Kunfu Publishing. Uh, in the mix of all this, Trinity is going to become an online will will go online because again, even the, as much as they try to innovate, I mean, there's only so much you can innovate before like economics take in and then, like a, a magazine just start, you know getting relevant. So Trinity the magazine becomes a uh, becomes an online site with and a hub for talent. So again, it's sort of like getting the know-how of this existing conglomerate and sort of shifting it to a digital world. So I thought that was really funny or interesting. The, and the, 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 again, it's it's more about, again, the really just producing a good product, which I talked about in the last uh, uh, episode. So there's a funny line here, too, uh, towards the end. Uh, Hayami says to, to, to us to kind of like, there's more than just magazines in the world, and uh, Takano's like, "What? Like what?" He says, "The world." Right? And she's shocked because he's like, "Oh, he's so ambitious." And he's just kidding, just kidding. I said, "Right." So it's just funny because, like, I, I think in the U.S. there's kind of like a, "Yeah, we can change the world." That's definitely the the message you get in the Silicon Valley, the, the HBO TV show. But like, I, I feel like it's like overly ambitious in Japan to do that, or, or or say it out loud. So it's just like a, you know, it's a very these cultural nuances. It's very interesting. Um, but there's another twist at the very end of this movie where Takano, who's kind of been played by Hayami, Hayami and Hayami like plays everyone and triple, double, triple, quadruple crosses everyone just to get, just to increase sales and get everything done. And you find out who his boss, his real boss is at the end. But he does kind of use Takano as well. But in the end, Takano does does a kind of a uh, surprises. Surprises like Hayami and the audience by quitting her job and eventually uh, taking over her father's bookstore, which is you know moribund because she was you know no one's really buying books, and then she combines it with a distribution company so that, uh, or a printing company so that only like exclusive ex- exclusive books that you can only buy in a bookstore. So that's an interesting kind of innovation to keep those like again it's like keeping like a an old art form alive in a new way so like or not an old art form but like an old way of doing business or like a you know uh, keeping doing it in, in a new way and I think in, in that sense it's very quote unquote Japanese it's sort of like how they have these businesses that have lasted for 300 years etc cetera, etc cetera, and they just kind of adapt to the modern world so this is like this old you know small business type 
bookstore becomes the exclusive you know distributor of like this content from like this writer who's a very famous writer so that's how they that's how she does it and uh and then uh when uh, hayami found out about this he gets kind of like frustrated so it's like it's funny because he's pulling all the strings at, in the um, for like 99 percent of the movie but at the very end he gets he gets kind of uh, showed up by uh by Takano, so it's very interesting. Uh, you should watch it. But then you know he still goes, he still goes up on his way to like he's gonna expand into Hollywood and stuff like that. So it's just interesting what happens. And like it, it's like the way that this this sto- this story treats ambition, like it's like not always a good thing. And I, I know the writers probably maybe they maybe they're not uh, speaking for every single Japanese person or Japanese society as a whole. But the fact is, this is like a major like big budget movie. So like. There's probably some some sort of cultural affinity that Japanese audiences could have with this, regards to like ambition and how things are innovated. So it's really interesting because like in Silicon Valley, the TV show, and probably in Silicon Valley in real life, it is about just you know t- changing the world and going big. I mean, look, we just had all these tech founders like <laughs> launch themselves into space, right? So. Um, yeah, it's very interesting. Um, and again, um, it's just an interesting comparison of like Silicon Valley. On the one hand, you have like indi- more individualistic, go out on your own type thing, uh, move in with a move in with these strangers, live in an incubator, and uh, change the world from there. Whereas in this uh, Japanese uh, production, it's more like um, you know this this family company. How is it going to survive in the new age? Uh, how can you innovate to keep things going? Um, and their power struggles, and you know, you're all all, all salary men, salary women. Um, so yeah, it's really it's really interesting in that sense. Um, let's see if I'm forgetting anything here. Oh yeah, even things were like you know, like there's, I remember there was one scene in the episode of Silicon Valley I watched on the plane, like uh, the. The the, the uh, Richard Hendricks, the main character and the founder of Pied Piper, brings in a business guy, Jared, Jared Dunn. Is that his name? He's like a he's he's on a fina- he's a financial guy. And they end up having in, in a very difficult scene. He had to kick his friend out of the company because he wasn't adding too much. But like, whereas there's a scene in uh early on in the movie in uh in Kiba where Takano is sort of, you know, she I don't know if she's really laid out, but she's kind of like temporary relief of her duties because of company restructuring and she ends up working in her at her dad's bookstore i don't know if she was like really really fired per se because t- hayami ends up hiring her for his division so again it's like she wasn't straight up like kicked out and like dead weight and stuff like that like it, it's a very different again it's a very different business culture right uh so yeah just funny i just wanted to comment on that because i thought it'd be interesting for this podcast how especially following my last episode about japanese innovation just to talk about how these business cultures are very very different you know um is one better than the other well one seems to be thriving more than the other right now so that's obviously the u.s model as far as japan goes i mean i don't know you you could all you could say that capitalism there isn't as as rapacious as it is in the U.S. and that you know maybe uh, lev- uh, employment levels are a little bit more stable. I'm not sure if that's true, but 
you know, I've talked about Japan so many times before, but basically, like, you know, in some ways, because the Japanese public owns the government's debt, they're sort of keeping themselves up, propped up together, all these businesses, right? So it's not like a sort of like pure creative destruction you might see in the U.S., I feel. At least those are my observations that could be completely wrong. Um, but yeah. So that's it for that. Uh, if you haven't checked out uh, the Business Samurai comic, I, I actually took a two-week break from that as well, uh, but I'm putting up a new episode next week. But please check out the latest episode uh, where we learn about taking responsibility for your actions. Like in you know, the last episode, Corette decides to back uh, Iris's cold brew versus Li Shui who's backing um, Sid's cold brew, and then Li Shui thinks Corette is wrong. I mean, these are both, both the managers in this, in this current story arc. And it's like, you know, it's t- she's telling her, you got to take, you have to own every uh, decision you make in the business world, which is true. You got to, you have to live, you know, uh, own up to it, right? So please do check out the uh, Business Samurai webcomic. It's in, it's in the description. Um, check it out. It's on Webtoons. If you like it, uh, please read it. If you like it, if you like it, please subscribe. Uh, I'm also working, I, I want to, you know, I've been working on this for a couple of months now or even longer if you think about it, but I've, um, uh, I'm working on a on a media software project. I'm sort of revealing more and more of it now as we, as we get closer to the date of me launching it. So it could be big if it goes right. So please do stick around. I'll, I'll talk about it in this podcast at some point. Uh, so yeah, so if you like my content, uh, again, please subscribe to the podcast as well. Please share it. Please subscribe to the webcomic. Um, you know, if you like my sensibilities and stuff, I mean, um, I might do some NFT-related stuff in the future as well if you want to invest in that. We'll see. But also, yeah, please subscribe, please share. Um, Thank you again, and I will see you next week. Bye-bye.